0: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this awesome opportunity, Lord, to sit here in fellowship, to encourage one another, to worship you with one another, to sing of your praise, your breath in our lungs. We owe it all to you. You are the sustainer of life, this universe, Lord, you you have given us us the the most gracious gift, the greatest act of love we'll ever see, and that was your Your death on the cross and resurrection, Lord, so that we could be with you in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for today. We just ask and pray that you send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts, minds, ears, help us to react to that conviction and prompting that maybe there's something we might need to be working on, something better to better represent you, or maybe somebody we need to talk to, or Lord, whatever it is that you want us to, we just ask and pray that today, you may be with us and enlighten us on how best to proceed for you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, and please be with us as we listen to your word. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, some of this... as uh, God's got a sense of humor because he goes, I felt like I needed to talk about hunting today for some reason. Now... As I discerned a little bit about what that looks like, I'm not necessarily talking about deer hunting or moose hunting, not that that's bad, but I'm talking about a different kind of hunt. So for example, I started going, what kind of hunts maybe would we have if it's not hunting, deer hunting or moose hunting? So first thing that came up to me was uh, an Easter egg hunt. Anybody ever been a part of an Easter egg hunt? You can raise your hands or you can just nod, it doesn't matter. Yeah, big He must have scored big. You must have scored big on your Easter. Chocolate, right? Yeah. So basically what what is it? so you know, you carry a basket around and you go and look for these hidden or not so hidden eggs or candies or whatever, and then you fill your basket up, and then later on you come back and you get to enjoy what you have gathered, what you pursued. The the whole purpose of the hunt is to go find something. And and the prize is the chocolate in that. And uh I wasn't one of those kids that always had a big haul, but I had some haul. And sometimes in those Easter egg hunts, you'd go out and you'd get a haul, you'd come back, you'd, your basket was full, you'd empty it out, you'd go back out and you'd run to get more, more than the next person, right? And then as being good kids or instructed by our parents, that kid that was a little bit slow that was moving, you'd be encouraged to share what you hauled in with him, right? So that, that, those are good times, but that's one type of hunt. There's a purpose behind it. We had a basket and we were going to go seek something and to gather it up and to bring it back. Now I thought, okay, well, so that's one type of hunt, so then how about another type of hunt? So how about a treasure hunt? Now that's, you know, you search with clues and then you strategize with those clues and that data to go out and find uh, treasure. Now Hollywood took treasure hunting to a whole new level in one of their movies, Um, but I think you get an idea of where we're going with that, right? It's a purpose, it's the pursuit of something. Okay, and then I go, okay, well what else, because I can't just give two examples, so a scavenger hunt. Anyone been part of a scavenger hunt? You know, you get a list of stuff, and then you have to go, and you have to go find that stuff. We called it a car rally too sometimes, same thing. You're running around, you're checking off pieces uh, on your list, you gotta go get that, and you try to, you're going out and you're purposely finding these things, and then you gather at a meeting point, and then you try to get there first with the list of stuff to see if you were the first back with everything, and then it usually equates to a prize of some sort. Okay, so I thought I was finished with the hunts until yesterday, my wife and I were hunting for the best deal to buy something, and we ended up 40 minutes away, and we found the best deal. We hunted for it, but that we value that, right? We value what we were hunting for, and that was to save money. There was a purpose behind it. So that's the type of hunt we're going to be talking about a little bit today, and this hunting thing got me thinking, because as per definition, it's the chase or the pursuit of something, right? And now, some of you have already made the leap. He's going to talk about pursuing Jesus, right? That's just sort of the environment. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I want you to keep that there, but I'm going to flip that, and wanna, I want to I move it over to, I'm going to challenge you for the pursuit of others. Bear with me. Because we're we're doing this together, okay? Everyone says, "Oh, he's going to ask us to do something." <laughs> we're not going to rock paper scissors it today, anyway. Had somebody had somebody said you, you brought some props today, and we thought you were going to make us do tic tac toe today or something, but uh, we're not going to do that. You guys are just going to be able to stay in your seats. We won't do rock paper scissors. So I want to shift your thinking into that because at the church I pastor in Simcoe called the Bridge, we hold strongly on to Scripture, right, which any Bible-believing church should and Bible-teaching church should. But the one thing, if somebody said, where, what's, what verses do you sort of launch off of, it would be the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18 to 20. So Jesus instructs his disciples to go out and make, the, make disciples, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded and to baptize them in the name of the Father. And Holy Spirit. So there's a purpose. It's an instruction, right? It's actually an imperative. And so uh, we're going to be intentional about pursuing others. And um, the next, when you, when you talk about someone about the intentionality of pursuing others, they say, okay, well, uh, how? And so this is where things come in. So with that in mind, I'm going to move to an illustration here and Arts and Crafts Week at the Wilhelmus House this week. We've got four boxes here. And so with that piece of paper that you have in your hand, I want you to get that ready. Now, you can choose to write on it, or you can choose just to think something on it. And what I mean by that is assign a thought to it if you don't have a pen or something. But I'm going to use these boxes to help illustrate the importance of God using you to advance His will, okay? Okay? So, so often we've heard God won't use me, God doesn't want to use me, he does, and we will tell you why. And the the first box we're going to hold up is called experience. Experience. Everybody's had experiences in their life, right? Nobody's going to question me on that, I hope. Everybody's had experience, but we've had probably just as many bad experiences, if not good experience. Where we've had more bad experiences. Would anybody disagree with me with that? Good. Okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to take that bad experience. It could be an experience at work, home, play, or church, or at maybe how somebody has treated you. Or maybe something that hurt you or someone that hurt you. Uh, maybe you've lost a loved one or, or walked with someone that's wrestled with a diagnosis. Or, or, or maybe your, even your own diagnosis. You know, I don't think anybody would call these good experiences. We would classify them as bad experiences. You know, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, Hey, I hope I have a few more bad experiences today, right? Nobody does that. Or, you know what? I could use a little more bad experience in my life. So, let me invite you to write down that bad experience that on a piece of paper, something that you've got inside you, maybe it happened years ago, maybe it happened last week, today, whatever, last night, write that bad experience down on a piece of paper. Now all these are confidential, I'm not going to read any of these, okay, that's not my purpose, I did this last night and I put them all in a garbage bag when I was done, so write down on that piece of paper, bad experience, and we're going to collect them and put them in this box. you don't have a piece of pen or you've injured your writing hand or whatever, then just crumple up a piece of paper, assign a thought to it and throw it in here. It's, it's not necessarily about that, it's more about in, in your head here. And then maybe uh, when you've writ, uh, filled all those out, pass them to the inside of the aisles and I'll just walk up and down the aisles and I'll, I'll collect these pieces of paper. Perfect. Okay. Good. It's all right. We can come back. Come back. Pieces of paper. Excellent. Collecting bad experiences. We're taking them away for you. I am not a magician, so they will still be here, but you'll have a strategy for working through these when we're done. Oh, good. No shortage, right? Right on. All right, good. We got a bunch here. Might have had to grab a bigger box. Yeah, pass, go ahead, pass that down and throw it around the back if you want. There you go. I give credit where credit is due. My family was nice enough to make these boxes and decorate them. So thank you, family. There we go. Okay, any more back here? Okay, right on. Look at that. Do you have some that you want to throw in here? There we go. But you guys, you guys, there you go. I never want to forget you guys at the back. You play a vital role. All right. Anybody need to throw one in yet? There you go. All right. Okay, so bad experiences. You are not alone. Right? How often does our enemy play that trick on us? Right? You're the only one. What do you mean you have a bad experience? You're a Christian. You're not supposed to have bad experiences. You're kid. You must be the only one. or You must not be a really good Christian because you're getting bad experiences. Baloney, just for the records. I wanted that to go on. Bad experiences, we all have them. And so I want you to own that this morning. So remember what you put on that piece of paper. Remember where it went in the box. Own that decision. If you didn't write anything on that and you just assigned a thought to it, own it. I want you to use that. Whatever hurt or whatever thought, bad experience you've had, I want that to be uh, prevalent in the forefront of your mind. Okay, so secondly, now we're going to move on because I've got four boxes up here, right? So obviously there's more to do here, but you don't have to do anything else. We've all had bad experiences in Edville, and over the years, these bad experiences, they build up. And we either push them off to the side and never really fully deal with them, or we try to forget them. They become hurts. So every bad experience can become a hurt. So I'm going to, now, I'm going to take this hurt box, and I'm going to take all these bad experiences, and we're going to do this, right? Now, all your bad experiences mostly translate into hurts. Anybody disagree? We can have bad experiences that we just don't maybe connect with us so much, but they're bad experiences. But there's many that we bring with us and carry on that play a very vital part of how we do life are from hurts. And so we have our bad experiences, they go into hurts. Now, we don't often embrace bad experiences, hurts, do we? It's easier to forget about them or then try to understand why they happen. We don't want to spend a lot of time there. But nevertheless, bad experiences equal hurts. Hurts by people, institutions, and organizations, to name a few. Now, let's take this a step further. Let's put all these hurts and bad experiences into the church. Okay? Now, we understand that the body of Christ is the people, right? So, it's not a building. You don't come to a church. The church comes to a building. So when the body of Christ forms, which is a church, you have all these bad experiences, and which equal all these hurts, all coming together now. So, that's, that's every church. There's not one perfect church out there. There's not one church in this area that doesn't, isn't comprised of a bunch of people who have been hurt. You guys aren't alone. Nobody's alone. We don't talk about that stuff. For years, I spent time in different churches where everything had to be good on a Sunday. Showed up. You don't want, you don't want to share the bad experiences. It meant that things weren't going well in your life. It might, uh, you might have made a few bad decisions, or maybe just things happened. That's not true. It's time to take that veil off and say, you know what? I'm a follower of Christ. I wrestle with things. I have bad experiences. I have hurts. I want to deal with them. Right? And so when the body of Christ gets together, and the, 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 the church, the people, everybody, you're bringing all this baggage together. So we're going to move that in now to obviously the church box. Okay? So we're going to take the church box and we're going to, nice color, actually, Um, we're going to take the church box, we're going to take the bad experiences, and some of the guys up here are nervous because I have an open coffee, right, by all the electrical stuff, so I'll do it this way, we're going to take this, and we're just, we're going to put it in, so your bad experiences, which equals hurts, which equals, now you're all gathered together into a church, and so, we gather everybody together that brings the baggage is now in the church and these 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 hurts and experiences will stay right here if they stay right here if they only ever stay right here in the church and you gather together then there's so, i'm going to say they they were pretty much for nothing because we can quickly become a church with a victim mentality right so as in poor me uh, we now we can comfort each other and we can encourage each other and we can help each other but if that only ever revolves around us keeping things to ourselves, right here as the body of Christ. Then I think we sort of miss the point. And and, and so, what happens when you get just get a couple of people, or even a bunch of people together? Uh, you you know it, with, the, with with the same mentality that we've been hurt. Well, then you get one voice. Everybody speaks one one voice, right? They encourage each other and feed off each other, which isn't bad if it's good. But when a victim mentality takes over, we've now got a church of victims. We now have a church of hurting people and bad experiences. Not good. We tend to focus on everything other than hope. So let me show you what happens when we give everything to Jesus. Right? Guess what the last box is called? Jesus. We're going to take your bad experiences, we're going to take those bad experiences, which translates into hurts, which are now come together as the body of Christ, which is the church, and now we're going to give them to Jesus, right? We're going to do it that way. I think it am fitting here a little bit better. There we go. Here it is. Everything fits into Jesus there, and it fits nicely for our purposes today, anyways. He can take care of it all. He takes messy. He takes hurts. He takes bad experiences. And it fits into Jesus. So this is, this is what we're going to do with our bad experiences that comprise the church. We're going to put them in Jesus. We're going to give them to him. And you're saying, now, okay, now what's that going to do, right? Well, when we live our lives for Jesus and we reflect on all our experiences and begin to assess what the Lord has taught us to advance his kingdom, great things can happen. See, questions like, what can I do in this situation for Christ? How can I use this experience to better connect with others? The experience that you wrote down on that piece of paper which went to that box, that's the experience that we're talking about specifically today. But there's a much a broader application for this. Right? How can I use this experience to relate, comfort, encourage, journey with others for Jesus to reach others for Jesus that hope that Jesus has given me through that experience or situation see if the lord if the lord has helped me to overcome addiction who better to connect with others in that environment than someone who's experienced that if you wrestle with depression and have a strategy for winning through Jesus Who best connect with others that are wrestling with the same thing? This is where all these experiences are unique. See, now the church of Hertz transforms into a sending hub for Jesus with all these children of God using what the Lord has taught them through experiences to better reach the lost and the broken in this area. Now we can use every experience to pursue others for Christ. The pursuit is intentional. The body of Christ is unique. No body of believers will look exactly the same. So everybody's experiences that has translates into hurts, that translate and we give them to Jesus, that we're in the church that are now into Jesus, those hurts are unique to this church. This is the DNA of Kingsway. Kingsway has a unique DNA other than the church down the road and the church down that road or whichever way you go, this is unique to Kingsway. God has placed everybody here to use those experiences and given them over to Jesus in those hurts in order to best connect with others who might be experiencing the same things but don't have the hope. We're to be sent out into our communities with this, that the God has placed us in work, home, neighborhoods, social circles, in pursuit of the lost and broken. And remember, right, we were all lost and broken once, too. Somebody reached out to us. Somebody said something. Now, I, I got to tell you, when I was putting this message together, I wrestled with what scripture verses. Usually I like to take a scripture and I expound on it. And the Lord likes to change things up for me, so he says, you know what, this is what I want you to say. And there's, so I started to look through the scriptures and read scriptures and go, you know what, there's a lot of good scriptures, which ones do I put? And now, so I'm gonna be scripture heavy at the end because I think we need scripture, it speaks to us, it's a living word of God. If we have a problem, we can read it, we can find comfort. People say, well, how does that work? It works awesome. And it works through the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to read some things. We're going to read from James. James 1, to 2-4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. When troubles come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Well, here's the interesting thing. We don't consider troubles an opportunity for great joy. Right? But if we look at them and the context that these are new tools and experiences for reaching others for Jesus. Then it changes everything. Now we're learning. And it says in verse 3, For if you know, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it. And when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete for nothing. Uh, Acts 14.22, and I have these written down on here. That's why I'm not reading out of the Bible right now. Acts 14.22 says, you know what? You'll go through many tribulations to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We're just going to have to go through them. We embrace them. That's what happens, right? We can expect those. And then another one, and uh, please don't laugh at my Bible. My dogs have an appetite for Scripture. They've managed to demo or partly demo four Bibles in my house now. And I'm not sure if they're saved, but they sure ingested a lot of word. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 1, 3-7. Blessed be God the Father for our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. So, we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort... Uh, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings for which we also suffer. And for our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that you are shares of our sufferings. So also, you are shares of our comfort. This isn't new. This was written in 2 Corinthians. This isn't new. People experience these things. We comfort them. We use that experience to comfort others. That's what we do. So, if we look at our experiences and we go, well, what, why are these things happening to us? Well, now these are things that we can now use for the glory of God to go out and reach the lost and broken in the community. Learning to use these trials and tribulations um, can be overcoming. We, we overcome these trials and tribulations. That is our goal, sharing with us, encouraging others. Now, and here's the interesting thing too. When we ourselves are going through these situations, people are watching us. So if we're living our life for Christ and we let people know that we live for Christ and we experience a trial and tribulation, We're being observed to see how we handle it, which can speak volumes as well. So not only, and so God's doing multiple things with all these different experiences, right? So people are observing us, and then we can use that experience and how we overcome that to connect with others going through the same thing. Think of the story of Job and all the experiences he went through, right? Or how about Jonah? Imagine being able to connect with somebody. (laughs) I got swallowed by a whale. (laughs) Even look at the conversion of Paul. That's a testimony. All awesome testimonies for God. And so we see even the book about Job, right? Where it's all about him being tested and God being glorified. Imagine the impact that testimony Job would have had on his friends and wife who are saying, you know what, you're doing things wrong just just to renounce your faith in God. And he says, no, I'm gonna stay strong. Your friends are going, oh, you've done something wrong. That's why you're being punished. But he endured everything for Christ. He pulled the strength off of God to be able to make his way through that situation, to best glorify God through all these trials and tribulations. What a testimony. So we don't always know what God is going to do with us. We don't always know his exact ways. But let's use everything that he's given us for his glory, his purpose for advancing the kingdom, building the kingdom one person at a time. Let's gather together to seek others, sharing the gospel. Go out and invite them into the family of God. Bring them here. Show them love, care, and concern. Encourage them. And then do it all over again with them. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 instructs a way of life. Action is the way of life. What's your story, and how will you use it to connect with others for the kingdom? Now, we're going to close here, and we're going to do it a little bit differently. And I don't know why I keep doing this, as far as I'm going to read a scripture. And I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes and just let the Psalm 34 speak to you. Let it speak to your heart. And please open your eyes up when I'm finished. Psalm 34, it's a Psalm of David. Just take it in. Take this in. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. And his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord Is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This is our God. This is our hope. This is our faithful God. This is our providing God. This is our loving God. This is our forgiving God. This is our God. I saw something on social media I wanted to share with you today, and it was this. It said, if you think that you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You, my beautiful friend, are not that powerful. God's will will be done. There is time. This is the time. Take assessment of what the Lord has brought you through. Share the word. Share your testimony. Seek those in need that need Jesus, our hope, their hope our lost brothers and sisters in Christ, God's children, sharing your story can be life-changing for others. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for oh, just your word to us. We thank you so much for... King's Way and the work you're doing through King's Way, we thank you for each and every individual here, each and every person you know here by name, each and every person you know here, how many hairs are on their head, or lack of hairs in my case, Lord, you know, you know if one falls to the ground, you know what we're thinking, you know, you know our desires in our heart to seek you more, you know, Lord, because that's who you are. Lord, we put you in a box. We were talking about boxes today, but you're not in a box. You're outside. You made boxes. So, Lord, you are are outside of the box that we put you in. You are capable of accomplishing great and miraculous things, and you want to do that, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for your love and your forgiveness, and we thank you for your patience with us as we struggle to best represent you in all circumstances. We all fall and we all stumble, but we thank you for your forgiveness and patience in allowing us to try over and over and over again. Lord, we just ask and pray that you be with each and every person here and those that couldn't be with us today. Lord, you know the concerns on their heart. We ask that that you comfort them through those those areas. We ask also, Lord, that you may use each and every person in here to connect with those in the community, within their neighborhoods, within their workplaces and social circles, to reach out for you because they value your pursuit, Lord, which is your children. We ask, Lord, that you set that on the forefront of our mind, that we best connect. And we're going we're gonna to endure trials and tribulations doing that. We will be judged, but nothing is greater than your judgment. And we thank you, Lord, that being in you, we don't have that judgment against us. Lord, you are the reason we do what we do. Thank you for what just the abundance of provisions you've given us. Thank you for the abilities to help others and the talents you have in this church, the unique DNA. Lord, we just thank you for all you've done and continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.